Isn't that cool that he wants to speak to us tonight? It's amazing where Jesus would say, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And here's the cool thing. Jesus said, if we actually do this, we get a chance to experience eternal life right now, right here. Is that not cool? Now, here's the cool thing about eternal life. We've been talking about this through the series. If we actually do follow him, if we, if we get into Christ's life, and if we let Christ into our life, that means we know him, and that's eternal life. We're actually sharing life with him. He goes, three, three things again are going are to happen. God absolutely, absolutely wants every one of your lives to be completely full and completely free in everything that he's created you to have. So tonight, that's our opportunity. We have a chance tonight to take a step and follow Jesus, join him, and if we do, your life will be full and free. Anybody want that? All right, so of course you do. Here's the second thing that happens. Every time we take a step of faith with Jesus, it blesses everybody around us. And that's what the world needs. And here's a cool third thing, is every time we do what Jesus does and we walk with him, then the world gets to see him. That's what the church is, you guys. The world, the, the church is the body of Christ and we actually get to glorify Jesus. So tonight, that's our hope. I mean, this is, and here's, here's in preparing for this message and thinking about tonight, if we will take his word, if we'll have an open heart and take his word and embrace it, believe it, trust in it, and actually walk out of here and do it, those three things are going to happen. You're going to have life. Everybody else is going to be blessed and Jesus is going to be glorified. All right? So here's what we're talking about today. And did everybody get one of these cards? If you did not get one of these, would you raise your hand? Because we're going to be using these in our service tonight. So I want to make sure you've got one of these. And uh, the, the, we have two questions that I want you to grab uh, that we're going to start off our service with. And... Um, if you'll go to the side where it says, what do you believe about serving others? So tonight we're talking about serving, okay? What do you believe? If we're gonna have a topic about serving others, I want you to just take a minute right now and grab your pen and actually fill out your answer. What do you believe right now about serving others? others. And then as soon as you write down what you believe about it, you can go ahead and answer the second question. How did you come to believe that? How did you come to believe that? As we go through this series, one of the things that we're trying to do is, is to say, um, I want to be a disciple of Jesus personally, but we've also been talking about what Jesus said, and even Mike kind of referred to it earlier. He said, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples, <laughs> teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. And so one of the things that we're going to do every week when we start this is these two questions are just great questions. 
No matter what topic you're going to talk about with somebody, just say, hey, what do, you, what do you believe about that? So we started off with love. What do you believe about love? What do you believe about God's love? And then, but here's that, that second question is the one I don't think hardly anybody's actually thought of. How did you actually come to believe that? How did you come to believe that? Okay, I'm going to add a tricky one. I'm going to add a third one to this one. Write down this one. How are you actually serving others? How are you personally actually serving others? Write that one down. I wanted to add that third question in there. Why, how are we actually serving others? Because what I realize is this. Um, there are lots of things that we know, okay? Like I, we can get, the, get this question and go, what do you believe about serving others? It's a good thing, right? Okay, how'd you come to believe that? Because Jesus said so. And then you have to actually answer the question though, great, well, how are you actually doing it? And I'm just gonna be totally honest with you. I, anybody else in here serving is actually a hard thing to do? Okay, three of us. Look at all you godly people in here. We don't even need to do this message. Let's just go have dinner. All right, okay, this is not true. This is not true. We struggle to serve. We just do. I mean, if, if, let, let me ask you this question. You come home from a long day at work and you walk in and the kitchen is totally full of dirty dishes and the sink is packed. Isn't the first thing you think is, oh my gosh, I get to do the dishes. No, you're like, who in the world didn't do the dishes? Nobody wants to do that. Or, or if you go to an event, right, and it's late at night and all of a sudden it's time to clean up. And you can see that people are starting to tear down the cha- tables and the chairs. <laughs> you guys ever been in that situation? How many people stay in help? How many? Not very many? Thank you. Not very many. A few of you did. Like Tina's like me, because that's you, girl. You're like the servant queen. You should be up here giving this message. No, but you guys have seen, we don't want to stay in help. It's late. There's, there's this thing inside of us that struggles to actually want to serve. And yet what we're going to see here tonight is if we're going to have a full life, a free life, and if we're going to bless everybody around us and glorify Jesus, then serving is what we got to do. But here's, here's, here's some good news for us. It was hard for the disciples to serve. It was hard for these guys that Jesus chose to be his men who were going to take his kingdom into the world and they struggled to serve. Okay. Let me give you a few examples. The transfiguration just happens. You all know what that is? The transfiguration is when Jesus actually goes to the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and he's visited, and he's transfigured into all of his glory. And these, these disciples see this. They walk down the mountain. The rest of the disciples can't cast out a demon. So Jesus does it. It's super powerful. He takes his disciples after all this miraculous work. He's walking with them. And then he tells them, hey, you guys, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And after three days, he's going to rise. So he's teaching them about his life. 
They continue on the journey. And then Jesus goes, hey, what were you guys arguing about? And they were silent because what were they arguing about? Who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the greatest? And then Jesus says, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. The very next chapter, they're heading to Jerusalem, okay? And they're heading to Jerusalem and Jesus, it says, he takes his 12, takes them aside and he explains again, the son of man, you guys, I'm gonna lay down my life. I'm gonna be betrayed. I'm gonna offer my life and then I'm gonna rise again. And then right after he gets done telling them about how he's gonna give his life away, James and John come up to him and they go, Jesus, will you just do us one favor? He goes, what do you want? He goes, can we sit at your right hand and your left hand in your glory? (laughs) And then what does it say? All the other disciples were like disgusted and angry at them. Why? Because again, they're saying, we want the top positions right after he tells them what he's going to be like. And then here's what Jesus says. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Third example, last supper, right? Last supper. He's got his disciples around. We're going to take communion together. Make sure you got communion too, right? We're going to do that later. And he takes the bread and he breaks it. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for the forgiveness of all of your sins. He gets done saying that. And what happens? A dispute rises up amongst his disciples about who's going to be the greatest. Come on, man. Is that not funny to any of you? Every time Jesus explained to them about how he was going to give his life away, his disciples in return said, hey, who gets the top seat? Who's going to be the greatest? And that's where Jesus says, who's greater? The one who's at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who's at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. There's something about human beings, you guys, every single one of us, that wants to be first, that wants to be greatest, that wants to be promoted. Come on, man. When you played sports, anybody go, man, I really hope I'm third string. (laughs) No, man, when you play sports, you're like, man, I want to be first string. Anybody in the band in high school? Yeah? What do you want to be? First chair. Come on, man. Let's play all of our things and see who can do it. You want to be first chair. How many, anybody out there want to be promoted? Again, three of you, great. (laughs) Every one of us wants to be greater and we want to be first. Here's what's amazing. Jesus doesn't deny that there is a first and he doesn't deny that you can be greater in his kingdom. But he says, the greatest in my kingdom is the one who serves. So as followers of Christ, if we want to be first string, okay, if you want to be first chair, if you want to get promoted and and, and grow in the kingdom of God, then we take the lowest place because that's who Jesus is. He is one who serves. This is the essence of God. So 
The title of our series is Gotta Get You Into My Life. Because if we get Jesus into our life, we get eternal life. We get the very way of God. So we're trying to figure out how to have that happen. And then we have to get into his life. So the first message, we have to get into his love, which is so different than human love. Last week, we talked about, God, I've got to get you into my identity. I need you to tell me who I am. Instead of me trying to figure out or letting the world tell me who I am or letting people tell me who I am. Tonight, again, the full life of blessing for you and me, for everybody around us, And for God to be glorified is you and I need to join Jesus in his service. We need to, we need a complete change right here where when there's an opportunity to serve, the spirit of Jesus in us would go, yes, this is how I get first place. This is how I get promoted. This is how I get blessed. This is how I bless everybody else. All right. So Let's go to that Last Supper. That's where I'm going to go tonight as we teach through this. And we're going to go to the Last Supper story. And it's in John chapter 13. If any of you guys have your Bibles, you can pull that up. I'm going to read the story. So I'm not putting up the whole story um, on the screen here. I'm going to go ahead and just read it for us. All right, here we go. It was just before the Passover And Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal He took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No way, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. I'm like, don't you love Peter? Love that guy. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body's clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not every one of you is clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand? Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. All right? Three things I'm going to pull out from this passage. The motivation 
to serve, the power to serve, and the will to serve. Okay? What's the motivation to serve? Well, Jesus starts off and it says, what does the passage say? He loved those who were his own, and now he loved them to the end. Some other versions say he loved them to the full extent. That word in the Greek language just means fullness. So it could be time. He loves them all the way to the end, or it could be fully love them. Most people say John loved to use words that meant both things. But here's what we know. Jesus loved these guys. What was our first message on? We got to get into his love. And then it's all about identity. Jesus knew who he was. What was his motivation to serve? Look at this, John 13, three. Jesus knew that the father had put all things into his hands and that he had come from God and he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water in the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. This has always been so interesting to me. The word so there means what? It's telling us right there. This is the reason that Jesus washed their feet, okay? Three things here. What do we see? What did Jesus know? He knew that the father had put all things into his hands. In other words, if it was in your hands, it meant that you had power over all things. That's why some of your versions say, Jesus knew that all power had been given over to him. Everything. You know what that meant? Jesus didn't need to prove anything to anybody. He knew that he had everything. He was over everything. Okay? Now, let me ask you a question. What do you know about yourself? If you were here last week and we talked about identity, what was the first thing we talked about? You, as a new creation in Christ, you are rich. You have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. You are a child of God, born of his spirit, and you have an inheritance, a rich, eternal inheritance. You know what that means? Then that means you guys... I don't need to be served. I already have everything. Why do we want to be served? Because somehow that elevates us. It makes us feel better about ourselves. It's better for our, what I want. But when you already have everything, when you know, do you remember we talked about our identity? Why is it so important to know who you are? Because what you believe about the essence of who you are affects everything you do. So when you know, it's like, man, I have everything. Because Jesus knew that, he served. And you know what? We can know too that we have every spiritual blessing. So we don't have to prove anything and we can serve. Second thing he knew, he had come from God. Jesus knew, he goes, I have come from God. This is his nature. This is precisely why he washed their feet and why he went to the cross because that's the essence of God. So Jesus knew, it's like, I've come from God. Now, you know what? So do you. Now, not in the same way as Jesus. Everybody clear on that one? <laughs> All right. We are not Jesus. But what did we learn last week about your identity? What are you? You're a creation of God's. You have come from God. You are his idea. And then, yes, the second thing is you're a new creation. You are actually born of God. God. 
And so what does that mean? It's like, do you know where you come from? Where did you come from? You came from the very mind of God. And when you're a new creation, when you're a child of God, how'd you become a child of God? God actually gave you his spirit and he made you his child. And so I've come from God and I'm born of God. I now have the spirit of God inside of me. See, Jesus knew he was God. He knew he had come from God. He knew that was his nature. So he's saying, I'm going to represent the nature of God. And that is to love and to serve. As a follower of Jesus, I'm someone who has come from God. His spirit is now in me. So guess what I'm going to do? Now that I know that, that's what I believe about my identity. And my identity affects everything I do. So I'm going to relay to the world the essence of God, right? Get this? That's the, what's the third thing he knew. He knew he was returning to God. He knew he was returning to God. Life on earth, you guys, is a short-term mission trip. That's what it is. So our crew down in Honduras, right? What are they doing? Are they investing all of their resource and their money in Honduras? No. Why? It's not their home. No, they're going to Honduras to invest and to serve. And so they're going to go and they're going to make an impact in that amount of time. Jesus knew this. Everything has been given to me. Everything is in my hands. God has given everything to me. I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going? Yes. And I tell you guys, this is, we got, we got to stop and think about this. This is why Jesus says, don't lay up your treasure on the earth where moth and rust can destroy. He goes, lay up your treasure in heaven. Because when you get to heaven, you're going to realize what, and I, I say this all the time. When we get up there, you guys, we are so going to go, what was I doing down here? What was I doing down here? Why didn't I live for what was eternal? Jesus lived for what was eternal because he knew he was going to go to God. And you know what? I do too. Do you know you are? And if you know you are, then live like it. Then live like it. And that knowledge, I, Jesus knowing I have everything, I've come from God and I'm going to God. So he served. That's our motivation. I know who I am and I'm going to do it. All right. The second thing, then what's the power to serve? What's the power to serve? In John 13, eight, Peter says this, you know, he's like, Jesus is like, okay, I've got to wash your feet. And Peter's like, no way. You're never washing my feet. And then he says, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. But what's, he, what's Jesus saying right there? I, I can just tell you right now. He's not saying, Peter, if I don't wash those dirty things, I don't want nothing to do with you. Okay? That is not what he's saying. This is a much bigger deal. It's in this place. Notice what he says. If I don't wash you, you can have no part with me. What's eternal life? Eternal life is that I'm totally sharing life with Jesus. I'm completely one with him. That's my power to be able to do this. And Jesus is saying, if you don't let me wash you, you will never have part with me. So you guys, this is where he wasn't talking just about the feet. He was talking about what he was gonna do, right? This is 
right before, day before the cross, when he was gonna wash us clean. See, he's talking about washing away of sin that only he can do in the human heart. Only Jesus can actually change our heart and make it like his. So we're cleansed from sin, right? And how much do we celebrate, man? We're forgiven. Praise God, right? I mean, seriously, thank you, Jesus, for cleansing me from my sin. But he doesn't just cleanse us from the forgiveness, from the guilt of it. He wants to cleanse us from the power of it. And that's why he's saying, he goes, listen, if I don't wash away your sin, he goes, you're gonna still live for yourself. I think this is very, very similar when he said very truly in John 3, 5, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Nobody can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of the water, unless they're cleansed from their sin and born of the spirit. You need both those things. You need a new, you need to be forgiven and you need a new power inside your heart. You guys, look at this. This is a fantastic passage. Titus chapter three, verse five and eight. God saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God, okay? Most of you in this room have put your trust in God. He says, I stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. So how did God save us? He saved us through the washing of renewal and rebirth through the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes on us, you guys, he is always, it's the spirit of Jesus Christ. So what's the spirit of God always, what's the spirit of God in you always going to be moving you to do? To serve. Because Jesus says, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And now I'm living inside of you. So where's our power when I come home and the dishes aren't done? It ain't in me. But Jesus in me, inside of me can say, David, serve. Give yourself away. We have this sin, you guys. What are we cleansed of? And what is the rebirth or the renewal? Jesus is washing away our pride. He's washing away our self-indulgence. He's washing away our commitment to ourselves. We have this sin that is just ugly and selfish and we're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I am, are you? It, 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 naturally, I'm just a lover of pleasure instead of a lover of God. But if I'm a lover of God, then his power inside of me is gonna help me to serve. And he says, stress these things so that those of us who are followers of Christ will be careful. Will you guys be careful to devote yourself to doing what is good. What's good? What's good? It's serving. It's serving is the nature of God. Serving is what will set you free. Serving is what will bless everybody around you. And serving is what will glorify God. Okay? So our power to do it is the fact that Jesus 
needs to wash us clean from our sin. That's why we're going to take communion here in just a second. Jesus, please, one more time, wash me clean from my selfishness and set me free for the power of your life in me to be like you. I want to experience eternal life. Okay, and the last one, very practically, is the will to serve. We need a will to serve. Verse 12, he says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, he returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked him. You call me teacher and Lord. Anybody in here call Jesus teacher and Lord? (laughs) And rightly so, because that's what I am. He knows his identity. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do it. Okay? Okay, so if Jesus could be up here instead of me, and he looked at you in the eyes and he said, hey, do you understand what I've done for you? Do you understand what I've done for you? Do you understand how I gave my life as a ransom for you? And then he would ask this question. He would say, now that you know these things, now that you know these things, what do we know today? What do we know? We know this, Jesus is a servant. Eternal life, being one with Jesus, means we're a servant. Now we know this. Now we know if if Jesus is my Lord and I'm going to say, we're going to sing songs like step by step, you lead me and I will follow you wherever you. Sometimes when I feel like it, I'll do it. Or is he our teacher and Lord? And I'm going to be careful to devote myself. Why? Because I understand what he's done for me. And I know these things. I know that Jesus is among us. You guys, this is so cool. Jesus is among us as one who serves. By the way, he didn't just serve you on the cross and then get up at the right hand of the God and go, okay, good. You know what he's doing? He's interceding for you constantly. He's loving you and serving you. He never stops. He didn't have the nature of God on the cross and then rise from the dead and not have the nature of God anymore. The nature of God is to serve you. But now we have a decision. We have a decision, right? Will we do it? Will you do it? And I love what he said. You will be blessed if you do. Now, how many of us want to be blessed? (laughs) All of us. Isn't this crazy though? And we're thinking, but when the opportunity comes to serve, we usually bolt and we're missing the blessing. How will you be blessed? You will be free and full. I, I, I just, serving at the food pantry, you guys, I have shared this. It, it was so great this morning. And I know I've, I, I keep telling the story, but it was, again, it was so true when we started serving and Kevin's sitting over here, who's leading the thing. I'm like, I don't, even, I don't even want to do this. I don't want to get up on Saturday morning early and give up my morning and serve. But you know what happens? Once I buy my will, I had a choice. Will you do it from my will, a decision? 
And then when I did it, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. The best Saturday of my month is the food pantry. Garrett, and my, Garrett gave me a great story. Garrett Hoover, who's our media guy and, and media director, he, he was telling us, it's like he and his Molly were struggling, right? They're having a fight. He walks into the grocery store. He comes back out and there's a sweet gal with a little baby in the, in the, um, in the uh, stroller. That's what they're called. In the stroller. And she's got her sign and she needs financial help. And Garrett's like, man, I only got $5. He goes, but that's all I got. And he, he gives it to her and he prays for her and he totally blesses her. You know what happens? He left the car in a fight with Molly. He gets in the car. What's Molly say? I so love you. And you know what happened to his heart? He said he was totally free. You will be blessed. There's nothing more burdensome than a heart that is focused on itself. And serving sets you free. Others will be blessed tangibly, right? One of the coolest things about doing the food pantry is how much it means to these people who really need that help with food. So you t- tangibly, tangibly help them, but you also spiritually help them. Why? Because you just gave them a taste of what God is actually like. In this world that looks at the church and goes, I want nothing to do with that organization. How could we change that reputation? How could we change that reputation? What if we were the biggest servants on the planet? What if all we did was put other people's interests above our own and lay down our life form? That might change their perspective. And you know, you know what that means? That's that last one. God finally gets glorified. Why? Because we're actually walking like Jesus. That's eternal life and he gets glorified, and others are blessed, and you're free. So now, let's get practical. I want you to take this card, and I want you to turn it over and flip it onto the other side. And I just want you to take a second, and I want you to think about this. These four categories. What is a way that you can serve? Because what did he say? You'll be blessed if you do it. Okay, so Jesus' whole point, don't just hear my words and don't put them into practice, okay? Nothing changes. Do you understand, he said, and now that you know this, you'll be blessed if you do it. So I want you to actually practically think right now, what is a way that you can serve at your home? Your wife, your husband, your kids, your parents, your roommate, how can you do it? Write this down. And let's apply this stuff. Let's actually be like Jesus. Second one, how can you do it on Monday morning? How can you bring Jesus? How can you be a servant in your workplace? What is a practical thing that you can do? Third one is in the community. Is there something, some way in the community that you could say, I can be like Jesus. I'm going to bring Jesus' place. And then the last one is right here. How do we do it right here, you guys? First Corinthians just says, you have been given a spiritual gift and they are works of service. 
like this is a body and every healthy cell gives and receives, gives and receives. How, what type of cell, what specific thing can you do to the body of Christ, to his bride, to serve his bride? Man, what a beautiful place this is when everybody just does their part. All right, so Mariah, come on up. And I want to close tonight with communion. And if you didn't have time to fill out all four of those blanks, man, just take it home, sit with it, get up in the morning with him. Yeah, if you need communion elements, uh, raise your hand. We'll make sure you get those, okay? So guys, what's the power? What's the motivation for us to get out of this building and actually serve our home, our family, our roommates, serve our coworkers, serve our community, serve the church. What's the power to do that? It's Jesus in us, okay? It's us remembering who we are. And so that's why he took this and he said, when he broke the bread, and what did he say? He said, this is my body given for you given for you. Guys, Mark 10 to 43 says this, 1045, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the life of Christ, you guys. Jesus is saying, you guys, remember this. I gave my life for you. Do you understand what I've done for you? I love you so much that I gave my life for you. And guess what? And now I'm in you. I think that's why we're supposed to eat this because it gets inside us and we remember the very life and love of Jesus is in me, okay? That's our power. So let's take and eat and remember Jesus giving his life for us. And then response, let's worship him with ours. And then he took the cup and he said, hey, let me remind you something. Every time you chose yourself instead of the other person, yeah, that's, that's, that's not love and that would be sin. He goes, every time you've done that, I forgive you. I forgive you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sin. You guys, in Hebrews 9, 14, it says, how much more Will the blood of Christ, through the eternal spirit, he offered himself unblemished to God, how much more will it cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living Lord? Hey, before you take this, would you just take a moment and maybe just say, Jesus, I just confess to you, man. I'm not serving my husband. I'm not serving my wife. I'm not serving my kids kids. I'm not serving my parents. (laughs) Just take a moment and say, where is it? And say, Jesus, will you please forgive me? Please forgive me for putting myself above everybody else. That's not you. And I'm a child of God.
Will you now cleanse me, cleanse me, wash me today from that sin so that I, my conscience is clean and I can serve you. Let's take and drink and let Jesus forgive us all our sin. And then let's stand. We just got one last song as we close and we're gonna get back to our motivation. What's our motivation to serve? It's who Jesus is and it's who we are. It's his great love for us. It's his love that he's poured into us. It's the fact that he served us. That's what empowers us to get out there and do it. So let's stand together and let's sing this final song as we close.